0: And now here's your host, Mari.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AHA Moments radio show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari. Happy Tuesday. Happy summer. Happy summer solstice. Um. What else can we be happy about? <laughs> happy that we're alive and well and, and sitting here on the radio show. Happy, happy, happy. So happy everything. How about that? That covers everything. And um, we have lots of nice new energy going on. Of course, we have the solstice, which happened on Sunday, um, on Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day. And, um, and then we also have this whole Jupiter thing, trining or not trining, and Jupiter and Neptune were like, happy and so there's all this like sparkly energy around and then we don't have any you know, we don't have the mercury and retrograde anymore and so there's a lot of good energy hopefully plus we have the summer so we have nice long days i know i was out at the beach last night at like eight o'clock and it was still light out so that was very very cool and um and you know summer is here for most of us in at least in this hemisphere and Uh, Very exciting time, very exciting time. So enjoy, and I'm glad you're here today. Today we have a pretty good show. I'm excited about it because it's something that comes up all the time and that's needing more confidence and how to banish your doubt and believe in your dreams. And, you know, it's interesting because this conversation comes up every single time I'm working with clients who are looking to become professional Um, intuitive, you know, I certify intuitives and and, um, uh, you know, even people in readings and things um, and my coaching, private coaching sessions, it always comes up, Mari, can you give me more confidence? My answer is always no, I can't give you more confidence, but I can help you to find it for yourself. And um, it's really, it's something that's kind of elusive for people because I think we have a very uh, strange idea of what confidence actually is and a lot of people get under the impression that we should be confident before we be confident before we start something uh and and get kind of stuck you know in analysis paralysis and um you know to try to give themselves confidence by getting you know bunches of the statistics together and and constantly trying to justify the statistics based on. Uh, you know, their performance based on the performance of, you know, statistics of previous people, that can give you a little bit of a direction, but it certainly can't give you full-on confidence. Confidence is always, always gained from actually taking action and experiencing, um, you know, success. Actually, also surviving failure. So there's a lot of things that build confidence, but it always takes your own personal involvement in the situation, not just, you know, observing from, from afar. So, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh some ways that you can get more confidence, uh some easy ways and you know, I mean, I, I'm not saying everybody has to go and jump off a cliff. I know I certainly do a lot of cliff jumping, but um I have a certain amount of confidence that I've built over a very long period of time and I also have some what I call you know, Mari's best practices that I do on a very regular basis so that when I do take some sort of risk, um, I know I have a good gauge of my ability to actually finish and I also have a really good solid toolkit of what what to do if I don't make it (laughs) to the other side of the cliff, which has happened many, 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 many times. So, um... So that's what we're going to talk about today. Just if you'd like to ask a question later in the show, uh, we will take a few questions, and that is the number for that is three four seven two one five nine four eight five. That's three four seven two one five nine four eight five. And let's see. Oh, and one other thing, we are doing Akashic record readings. Uh, I'll be doing some next week and a few in July. And we're going into book launch time now, the book is coming out. the aha factor is coming out in january, and believe it or not, all of the promotions and everything start like building the promotions and and all that so we had um photo shoots and I've been doing a bunch of you know interviews t v interviews and things that they they usually have such a long you know time before they actually air, so they air like six months after, so we're already doing that and then it's got all kinds of marketing people and stuff working on both international and, and the U.S. So there's going to be a lot going on. You'll start to see, it, um, you know, different things in your inbox. And, and if you're on our email list, at com, you can join our list to keep track of everything. But um, we have some really fun things planned, some really big spectacular things planned. Um, Publisher has been really wonderful, and I'm looking forward to it. But I can say that the the amount of work I'm facing right now is off the charts. Like I thought the book was writing the book was hard. <laughs> All the rest of this stuff is it's off the charts. So I'm not sure how much longer I'll be able to do private sessions um, going forward. You know, I, I keep just adding a few as as I can. And um, but at some point I think we're going to have to back off from that, and because it's just the demands on on time and everything are so so great. So um, good stuff ahead, but just if you want a private session, please make sure to sign up sooner than later, because um you know a lot of people think oh well I'll do it next month oh well I'll do it next month, and there may not be next month. So <laughs> just just so you know, um, especially in the fall as we go towards the uh, towards the, the launch itself. So, with all that being said, let's get on to our topic of the day, which is needing more confidence. So, here's a couple of interesting things. A lot of people think that confident people are born, not made, and that's actually um, can be true on one sense. And I was about to say it, that's not true, but actually, <laughs> here's how it can be true. A lot of well, everyone knows that, you know, when you're born, you inherit certain things from your parents, right? You inherit, you know, looks and body situations and all that kind of stuff. We, we really focus on the physical um, when we think about genetics and what we inherited from our parents. But one of the things that we've also inherited is their energetic imprint and their level of self-esteem and um, their emotional sort of uh, blueprint. Okay, so if you have a tendency to idle on sad or depressed or um, pessimistic, if you look back in your lineage, on your biological lineage, um, so the lineage of your physical body, because there's also the energetic lineage of your soul, but right now we're focused on the biological lineage. If you look back, you'll see many times that you either are very much like, you know, mother maybe, you know, a generation or two back and or, I should say, you could have combated that by trying to be the exact opposite of that person, those people. Okay? But a lot of times people see their their mother is very disempowered in their relationships. So they um, try to go the opposite way and be very overpowering in their relationship because they, you know, relationships because they don't want to be like their mom was or something like that. So, um, you know, we see that a lot with money blueprints and how people manage money. is very much associated with how their family manage money. Uh, so we have a certain amount of inherited optimism, inherited pessimism, and inherited confidence, and an inherited lack of confidence. So sometimes the very first thing you can do is ask, when you're looking at yourself and wondering, you know, how can I be more confident? or why am i not confident if you look at check out you know kind of how the family that you know operates and that'll start to give you a clue of some of the origins of it okay so as you go as you go further um as you go further down you might also look at your birth order okay so a lot of times the younger child of the family is Way more confident than the older child of the family. I know in my lot in my family that was actually the case. I because I had all of the insane pressure of my parents uh, because I was the firstborn, and my sister and I are six years apart. My younger sister. So because I was the firstborn, and it took them a while to be able to have me and all that, I was like the project kid. You know, I was the one that had to be perfect and that had to follow in all their footsteps and go to their alma maters and be in their sororities and do their majors and all. You know, I was kind of like that second lease on life kit. A lot of times the firstborn kid has a tremendous amount of pressure on them to live up to the standard of what their parents, you know, were trying to do as well as the perfectionism that parents have when they're trying to raise their first child because they are they're trying to be perfect, of course. I mean it's a very natural, you know, thing to to want to be, you know, perfect at parenting, especially with the firstborn. Once you get to second born, third, fourth and beyond, the pressure lifts because that firstborn kid is taking the hit for all of that. They're tired. <laughs> And by the time they get to the second or third or fourth and, you know, beyond kids, those kids have a lot less handcuffs on them. They have a lot less pressure. You know, one is that they have parents of, they also have more experienced parents, right, because their parents have been through you, you know, through the, through the oldest already. So um, a lot of times your birth order, if you're the youngest kid or in the, you know, the younger kids, the wrong, you know, let's say just not the oldest, A lot of times you have more confidence because, number one, you've had lots more independence. You don't have as much pressure. Um, A lot of times you'll have, uh, you know, you have your siblings following their footsteps or not. Uh, You have your siblings helping to raise you in their own way, you know, through modeling and all that kind of thing. Um, Sometimes siblings are raising other siblings, babysitting other siblings, you know, this kind of thing. So those younger kids have a chance to kind of breathe a little bit more and expand a little bit more. Now, I know I'm doing a pretty gross generality. I'm sure that there's people who, you know, oppose this in some way, shape, or form. But I just want you to pay attention because um, sometimes just understanding those little pieces starts to take some of the pressure off of your judgment of yourself because a lack of confidence is really a a judgment on, on yourself. So what you want to do is first look at that. How much of this belongs to you? How much of this is kind of a direct result of, you know, lineage, you know, how your family was and also how, uh, you know, you are in the birth order. You'll see that a lot of time, um when you've had parents who have gone and on to be very successful that they their kids, you know, follow in their footsteps. I mean, I know everybody hates the Kardashians. Well, not everybody, but I certainly don't. But, <laughs> you know, when you look at, when you look at Kim Kardashian and, and you know, you say, Oh my gosh, how could this girl be so comfortable with this much money? She came from that much money, you know, her father she she grew up in Beverly Hills. Her her sister's you know, her cousin is Paris Hilton, you know or whatever, her her friends, you know, she grew up with Paris Hilton and all these people and 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 they all kind of grew up in that social circle way before all this reality T V stuff, you know, came to be. O. J. Simpson's her uncle, all this whatever. So they kind of. She grew up there. She started off at a higher point. Her grandmother owned a uh, retail store. Actually, here in La Jolla, I actually met her the other day. I was getting something for my nephew, and um, lovely, lovely lady. And she grew up here in La Jolla, but her grandmother was a retail uh, merchant. She has a beautiful store here, and she has, you know, and those girls learned, you know, Chris. Her mother learned retail from her mom, and and confidence, and, and body image, confidence, and all that kind of stuff. So. And then they grew up wealthy, so there was this kind of natural inborn you know plateau they were already on when it came to confidence um or at least facing looking like they're confident kind of thing. I know there's all kinds of uh, speculation on it. so so what I'm saying is that um, this. These types of things, when you start to beat up on yourself, because I see people do that, why can't I be more confident? Why can't I be more confident? That's, you know, one of the reasons. Now, there's other people who have had not such an you know, a much more humble beginnings. Maybe they're living with someone who's been addicted. Maybe they're living with someone who's been, you know, especially those who live with alcoholics and people who have been substance abusers and that, you know, parents who are substance abusers and have given them very little stability and very volatile upbringing that also can, of course, damage confidence and self-esteem in a lot of cases. Other cases, it actually, the kid is fueled to do better. Okay, so, um, you know, it's go both ways. But I'm just bringing this up because I want you to understand that there's there's lots of things that influence how confident you feel. and um, And also, your ability to feel more confident. Because if you're feeding, feeling, if you kind of idle on, I'm always defeated, then what happens is that feeling of defeat then trickles into all, you know, I call them um, life parts, all the all the different cat life categories, you know, trickling into your finances and your ability to work and your relationships and how you relate to your own family, your kids and all that kind of stuff. So when we're unraveling this this issue or looking at this issue, it's kind of looking at a ball of yarn. You know, and we have to sort of start to tease out what is it really that is your core of what, you know, where's your base coming from? Now, if it's coming from a lot of times just awareness of this stuff, you can say, oh, you know what? You're right. I personally am really confident, but my mom wasn't. And whenever I'm feeling like I'm not confident, it's really not necessarily me. It's me playing a tape of, her self doubt in my head, you know this kind of thing, so you can kind of tease out what's what's yours all right, so let's get on now with um the next piece because let's just assume you've you've figured all that out, you' kind of you've taken that into consideration, and now it's a matter of you know how do I gain more confidence for myself at this point in time so the question becomes um there's two there's two questions when it comes to to this confidence thing one is a lot of times a lack of confidence is people think okay well it's 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 other people have it and I don't but most most of the time pretty much all the time people get confidence because they've had experiences that they've uh become successful at or they failed and they've overcome it and they know how they how to overcome it so they kissed their worst nightmare and they survived it i've done that several 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 times and, you know, you live your worst nightmare, you hit rock bottom, you say, oh, my gosh, you know, I remember one time I was like, really, really down and out. And I said, you know, what are you so afraid of? You're living your worst case scenario right now. And you're like still breathing and journaling. And, <laughs> and you're, you know, and then all of a sudden, the the upswing started. Because it was like, oh, well, yeah, this is the worst case scenario. So then, Really, the only thing we have to focus on is something better than now, so let's go and um and I you know, and I slowly start to you know rise up out of it and got out of it and moved on to the next thing so two things you want to pay attention to one is a lot of times the lack of confidence is based on a need for more information whenever I start to feel like I'm procrastinating. Like I have been, lately I've been procrastinating a lot and I couldn't understand what was it. You know, it's like I've got so much on my plate and I think I just want to go walk the beach or I just want to watch TV or I always notice because I'm start to like to watch other people's lives on TV. Let's watch a Hallmark. When I start watching Hallmark movies, it's a massive procrastination. But, you know, those they always have happy endings. So it's like, it's just like easy on the brain. Um, and I know that I'm starting to brew. Like, I used to beat myself up for procrastinating, but I know that for me, if I'm procrastinating, one of two things is happening. Either I'm lacking information on how to do something, or I'm quiet and gathering energy, pull cool energy, starting to gather energy, kind of filling up my cup, filling up my cup. I had a, a talk the other day, I went over to um, a friend's house, and she is... a World famous equ- uh, equestrian, you know, photographer, and I used to actually apprentice with her when I thought I wanted to be an equestrian photographer when, in my, when I was a kid, and um, and she lives here in San Diego, and so do I, and it was just like, you know, thirty years later, here we are, and and uh, I got to go into her studio. She has a beautiful home, and you know, with the big, you know. A separate, you know, outbuildings where she has her separate studio and her office, and she's, you know, all her paintings that are in progress, and her, you know, all her photo shoots from all the horse shows she's doing. I was just, it was like I was like a kid in a candy store, literally. And um, and we were talking about the creative process, and it was such a treat to listen to her talk about, you know, her her whole process of what keeps her motivated. And she says, you know, there's times when she's also an entrepreneur, which also is very, very cool. She's not 100% supporting herself, you know, in this lifestyle with her art. And she said, you know, um, a lot of times procrastination isn't procrastination. She says, if you're a creative or you're, you know, an entrepreneur, somebody that has to constantly produce and can't eat unless you produce, where you're collecting, you're collecting this energy. You might be... Um exposing yourself to you know different creatives and different things, sometimes they'll go out, she'll go out and just you know paint outside with her painting group on a Monday, just paint cliffs, not think about horses at all, you know, just look at the colors of how the light is hitting the water or whatever, and you know sometimes she'll watch cartoons uh you know these are just totally random but seemingly random things, but she's actually collecting she's just collecting energy, collecting energy, collecting energy, and then she knows herself well enough to know okay one day she just gets up and says all right i'm ready to finish that painting i'm ready to to to, to go on and start that new you know project or whatever but it's because she's taken time quiet time to fill up now, a lot of times especially in america we always feel like we have to be putting out and we feel guilty for filling up you know so if, if you're a real hyper ambitious type, the way Terry described it was, you know, she, that it's a time when you're filling the tanks. And when you give yourself permission to fill your tanks, that's giving yourself permission to believe in yourself and to not judge yourself for that ebb time. It's kind of like, the, you know, the tide is pulling in and then there's the tide going out. So you've got the ocean, like the ocean, you know, pulling in and going out. And it was really it was it was terrific because there was such a permission in what she was saying. You know, it was like she was saying it's okay, and that's the next point I want to make is it's okay to pause, and that pause that they call it pregnant pause. That pause is filled with a lot of the next steps that you need to see. So I know for myself, I've been revving up for this big promotional period because there's certain things that I have to build in my business and then there's all kinds of new things I have to be able to do that I don't normally do like being on camera and shooting videos and all TV shows and all stuff and then there's there's stuff that I am do that I'm tired <laughs> of doing but it's still part of you know life and so but you can see the swirl you can literally see the change coming in front of you it's like you see the storm coming in from, from off in the distance you see this big thing and you have to power up you know, so what I've been doing is doing a lot of research online and and watching other people who are really good at you know where I would like to be in four years or three years or two years or whatever and seeing what they've done and and listening to their processes and that's what Terry does is um and this is what you want to look for in your own life is a lot of times what we're looking for is someone who's where we would like to be and this is a very healthy thing to do to help increase your confidence. To listen to them, to ask them, and describe to them where you're at and say, you know, when you were at this point, what did you do? You know, and then a lot of times we'll say, you know what? You're ready to go. Like I had somebody say that to me the other day, and, you're ready to go. Like, let's go. You know? You're ready. It's, it's time. Just poof, do it. So there was no, you don't need any more learning curve. You, 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 we're good. So a lot of times we do that for each other. You know, so when you're going to ask those questions, though, like what can I do, you want to go to people who are already doing what you'd like to be doing and who are successful at it. You don't want to talk to the people who've been, you know, who are miserable at it because then they're really Debbie Downers. But the people who have been successful um, are very, very—it's uh, very, very good to to put yourself around those people and. It's also a really one of my other tactics that I use is to always be the little fish in the big pond. I know a lot of people have had this conversation recently with somebody. They want, they feel overwhelmed by the big pond. They want to be in the little tiny puddle and then sort of shine in that space. And that's fine um, sometimes, you know, because you need a breather, but For me, confidence always came from being around those people where success was a no brainer. Like when I was riding my horses, I would always have my horse in the barn of an Olympic trainer. I didn't put my horse in a local yokel barn. Why? Because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to compete and all that, but I also wanted to be a really good horsewoman. And I knew that if I was around people, I wanted trainers who wouldn't be, you know, a trainer will never get you further than they've gotten themselves. That's just hands down, they just won't. Well, number one, they're still trying to do it themselves. They don't want their student to be that close to them. Number two, they can't relate because they can only help you get to, you know, at best where they've gotten to. So I knew that if I went to the Olympic people, they've already done an Olympic or two Olympics or whatever. For them, me making it to the Olympics or, you know, having a student, not even necessarily me, make it to the Olympics was not as big a deal. First of all, they'd already accomplished it. Second of all, it, it was a reality for them. It wasn't a pipe dream. So you weren't going to be put down for having the desire because they had not only had the desire, but they accomplished it, you know. And so you learn also by sphere of influence, you're around other extremely high-quality riders, and you had the best vets and the best, you know, various – because success kind of likes to be around each other. You know, and I know a lot of people who say, I don't know why you would ever put your horse in that barn. You're not riding at that level, whatever. And I'm like, why would I put my horse anywhere else? I did the same thing when I was dancing, doing ballroom dancing. I was dancing with all the, like, the top Russian ballroom dancers. The one you see on Dancing with the Stars, I know pretty much all of them. We were on the circuit together before that show started. And, you know, when you're in that that kind of a studio, you're learning technique like you would not believe. You're learning how to warm up properly. You're learning how to recover from you know, exhaustion properly, how to recover your body properly, you're learning eating habits, you're learning how they exercise, you're seeing how they warm up, how they prepare for competition, you're getting the mindset just by by association. You know, and there's a certain level of quality and de- a demand of quality that's expected. So that can be, you can apply those two examples to your own business, you can apply that to your own fitness, you know, you can apply that to... um I'll tell you, it was easier to stay fit when you were in a ballroom dance <laughs> studio with a bunch of little Russian girls running around who are size zero zero. Not that you want to be a size zero zero yourself, but when you're looking in those mirrors every day and you're standing around people and you're seeing how much easier it is for them to spin at a size six than it is for you to spin at a size 12, you, you stick with your diet, you know? You, you, you start to look at yourself as an athlete and not just an amateur. Because why? Because you're around all the other athletes and guess what? Because they're that's their kind of how they roll. They look at you as an athlete too. They don't look at you as just social dance. So this is a very, it is, it is really good. And then also when you succeed in that arena, you really feel good because you know it's above the norm. You know, you know it's above the norm. So, does that mean you have to be humble? Yes, Does that mean that you're not going to have your head pet every day telling you how fabulous you are? Yes, does that mean you're going to be pushed harder a lot of the time? Yes, but when you succeed, you have the real true quality and the real true technique, and it's very, very um helpful that That's what builds the confidence. So you want to know do I have do I need more information? Do I need more experience? Okay, one of the things when I have um, intuitives who are training with people who come and train with me because they want to be intuitive or professional intuitive, they always say, "Mari, you know, when we finally get, they like the theory. They like everybody likes to take lots of notes, and listen to Mari lecture, and take more notes, and then they don't do anything. And you're like, okay, why aren't you taking action, not just notes? Oh, oh, well, you know, I can't go out and do a reading because I'm not confident, and I need more confidence before I start. And so how do you, you know? How do you get that confidence? They said, well, I don't know. I don't know how to get the confidence. They said, you get confidence. When it comes to doing readings, you get confidence by doing your first hundred readings. And what most people don't realize is that when you have, and this is an energetic thing, when you have a dream or a desire to do something like being a, a, a healer, okay, or being a reader or whatever, the reason why you have that desire is that There's thousands of people out on the energetic grid who need what you're capable of offering. And they're in a state of need, and they're putting out on the grid, I really need help with, you know, a reading. I really need help with uh, energy healing. I really need help. My back hurts, or I don't know what to do about my boyfriend, or whatever. I I need help. I need help. I need help. I need somebody who can really connect, who can really see psychically where I can't see. I really need that help. Thousands and thousands of people are saying that on a daily basis and you are getting a hit to want even want to do that service because you're perceiving energetically your audience is starting to sort of pulsate. The heart's starting to beat within your audience. And that's why you even would want to take a course and have it become, you know, psychic or whatever. So the first 100 clients that step up to you when you do start to, you know, when you open the gates and you do start to do those readings, that first 100 clients, I don't care if you're an attorney, I don't care if you're a doctor, I don't care, you know, whatever service you're offering, marketer, whatever, that first 100 clients are there to help you, to prove to you that you can do it. They're there to be a service to you. even the Whatever problem they come to you with, whatever, it's extraneous. They are there help you to get confident in what you do. When you get to client number hundred and one, now you're there for them. It's just the nature of the universe. It's how energy works. Okay? It's 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 your practice people. It's your practice, your little practice group that so you have to learn how to find those people and how to market and how to charge those people and whatever. And I say when, when I tell my readers, they say, okay, you need to do a hundred readings. I know with Doreen Virtue we had to do a hundred readings. When well, she said once you do your hundredth reading you're not thinking about, oh, am I accurate? Oh, my gosh, am I going to tell somebody to do the wrong thing? Oh, what are they going to think of me? You're not thinking that way anymore. You're thinking, how can I be of service? And how they choose to perceive the, the service that you've given, if, as long as you've given it from your heart, you've given all you've got, is up to them. You can't own how another person chooses to receive your reading. As long as you've been of integrity and done it to the best of your ability. you know. So that's the confidence part you're not second guessing yourself. And the more and more you do and more and more experience you have, the better it gets, a major key. So we are going to take a quick break and when we come back, I'll we'll give you my last two tips. We'll take a few questions and the number to call in is 347-215-9485. It's 347-215-9485. I'm Mari, you're listening to the AHA Moments radio show and we'll be right back.
2: Do you ever get a hunch about something and ignore it, only to find out later, you were right after all? Do you know that you're intuitive, but need help interpreting what you get? Need quick answers to burning questions, but don't have the time to wait for a private reading? Then Mari's intuitive living oracle cards are the tool for you. Forty-five gorgeous laminated cards and a full book of interpretations come together in a beautiful velvet bag. The cards have been designed and energized to give you the answers right now. No more sleepless nights weighing pros and cons. Ask the cards your questions and see what message your intuition has for you. To learn more and get your deck now, go to the store at www.ahamomentsinc.com and click on the intuitive living cards now. That's the store at ahamomentsinc.com. The answers are truly within your reach. Are you living the life you are really meant to live? Soul Lifetimes magazine is your online source for creating the life you truly desire. When you register for your free subscription at www.soullifetimes.com, you get access to a world of resources that will help you to get the answers you seek and inspire you to take charge of your world. Tap into your body, mind, and spirit with articles from some of the most well-known conscious thought leaders and teachers on metaphysics, soul talk, soulmate relationships, quantum healing, astrology, food for the soul, style, and more. When you join us to create a joyful lifestyle for a new way of being, you truly contribute to raising the consciousness of the world. Subscribe for free at www.soullifetimes.com and never miss an issue of this innovative and insightful digital magazine. Soul Lifetimes magazine is about living happier, healthier lives full of purpose, joy, and abundance. Subscribe now for free at www.SoulLifetimes.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Are you at a crossroads in your life, facing big decisions about your life purpose, business, relationships, or other major issues? Are you wondering why you may be delayed in getting what you want, Or if you have special guides who are helping you, then investing in a private intuitive reading with Mari is just what you need. As a third-generation spiritual intuitive, Mari has worked with thousands of clients over the past 18 years. During your private session, you will learn who your guides are, receive insight on the core issues that need attention, and get new perspective, clarity, and inspiration on what to do next. To register, go to www.ahamomentsinc.com and click on the Work With Mari tab to get all of the details. There are a limited number of spots each month, so go to www.ahamomentsinc.com for yours now.
1: we're back. I'm Mari. You're listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show and today we're talking all about confidence and how to banish your doubt and believe in your dreams. So um, before the break I was going through some of my tips and I wanted to do a couple more and then we're going to take some calls 347 if you're not already on the lines. And um, one of the things I didn't mention before but we'll mention now is the importance, we talked about the importance of gathering, you know, gathering information, gathering energy, you know, sometimes being really quiet and sort of just recluse you know, I say reclusive because I've certainly been that way before, but, you know, kind of in that, in that pulling in mode is really, really good to do because it fills up the cup, your energy, your tank, your gas tank. Um, but then there's also the times where it's time to take action, and this is a piece that people really kind of, you know, trip on because it gets, they get scared. And um, the taking action part is it's important to do it step by step. And the tip I gave right before the, the break about surrounding yourself with people who are already doing what you've done is very helpful. I can tell you, you do not under any circumstances whatsoever, and I've learned this the hard way being here in California, is to start to try to, expose and explain what you do to people who don't value it or get it. You know, and you may not know that till you start that that explanation process, but as soon as you figure out that it's kind of just not the tribe, you need to shut it down. And there's no hard feelings, but you need to shut it down because their skepticism, their criticism, um, their judgments, um, really be if you're if you're teetering on your confidence level can be very damaging. And even if you're not, that energy isn't really contributing. And you have to ask yourself: Is this relationship, or is this conversation, or is this interaction, or is this acquaintance going to be something that would nourish my spirit, or nourish, you know, my life in some way? And sometimes that nourishment can just be, you know, they're great to go and have a drink with and have, you know, kind of kick things around, ideas around with, talk about current events, talk about pop culture. But they're not the person that you sit down and you explain every little thing that you do or everything that you you hope for all your you know dreams or you know what you did last night with the boyfriend or any of that they're just they're really there for more of a surface level social interaction. Don't try to make everyone your guinea pig and don't try to make everyone invest in your dreams or ideas the way that you're invested in your dreams or ideas. That also goes for close family, okay family and friends in many cases are not the people to go and talk to these things about. Um, because they are very invested in you being a certain way in their life because you're an important part of their life, and if you change, then that might change things for them. It's just the nature of the beast. It's called being human, you know. So um, for many, many years with what I do for a living, I didn't really, my family had no idea what I was doing. Really had no idea. Couldn't Couldn't describe it, no idea, because they just couldn't relate. They came from very traditional backgrounds, and... Um, you know, they just couldn't relate. So until I got something in my hands that they could relate to, like Mari just is getting a book published, then all of a sudden everybody started to be curious and understand what I do because they understood the the word book. Uh, they, they got that. Akashic Records, not so much. Book, oh, oh, oh. Radio show, oh, 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 okay, because it was something that they could get their heads around. So there's more support there. But did that make it, not valid until I had a mainstream thing happening. No, it was all valid even before that. It's just that I had to go to the right circles to be able to express and interact and, you know, compare notes to and learn from. And so I create, you know, what I suggest is for you to create a group of what I call perfect strangers. Perfect strangers are people who've either done what you're already doing or in the process of doing you know, like you are of learning and and interest in that, Um, but they're not necessarily related to you or friends with you, Um, so they don't really have, they're not really tied to your success or lack of success, and they can be much more um, objective. And that's really important. Sometimes you have to hire those people. Sometimes it has to be a coach or a therapist or something, but, you know, you want to protect what it is that, that you desire to do when it comes to your dreams and goals i've always been a huge always had a huge vision always had like steve jobs kind of level vision always no matter whether it's where i want to live or what i want to do with my businesses or you know with myself relations whatever i've always had i've always been a big thinker big dreamer big visioner whatever you want to call it and. um I have very few people who can relate in any way, shape, or form to that. So they always say, "Go, go, go," and um, you knock yourself out. Or they, or I've had plenty of people say, "You know, I need to bang you down to back down to reality. You really need to be more realistic." And they put me down and would rip me to shreds, and I would have to recover, and then either start over or eliminate talking to them, or you know. Find some way, and sometimes they spurred me on to greater things. You know, they were spur in the side of a horse's flanks. You know, other times, you know, I like call those the dream killers. Other times, you just have to get rid of them. Done, out, go, goodbye, and move on. You know, and and even if that's a family member, you have to distance, at the very least, distance yourself. So instead of like I have certain friends who are my, you could talk to them every day, friends, and then there's friends that you don't talk to every day. You talk to, you check in with once a week. Maybe you check in once a month. Maybe they're that that once every year friend that you sort of check in with and you you don't even go into those levels of conversations with. But you have to really scale your circle of influence because if you don't, it can really undermine your confidence. You know, because then you also get into people who, Are competing, or 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 who are jealous, or the ones who won't let you succeed unless they can see how they can succeed too. Like you know, you have some people say, "Oh, I'm so happy for you because seeing you um, doing what you do means I can do it too." Well, yeah, but could you be happy for me even if you couldn't do it? You know, some people can only be happy for you if they see that something's in it for them. Those are the types of people that you have to really have boundaries with. I'm not saying you have to eliminate everybody from your life. You don't want to be completely alone. But, you know, remember, if you're even listening to this type of a call, then you have a, a bigger vision for yourself and you're really seeking. And when you're doing that, you know, you're in a very small percentage of the majority there. You're in a very tiny percentage. And so you have to sort of vet people out and vet situations out and really scale what's worth your focus and time and investment. And then, like I said, I've learned over the, the years not to be so black and white. You know, i would take a hatchet and say, okay, that person doesn't, you know, is going to insult me or whatever, I'm done. Or I was, you know, hugging them. I've learned now that the most encouraging people can be a shade of gray, and the, the most discouraging people can be within a shade of gray. You don't have to, you know, have to, because that person who, doesn't get what I do, I found here. Sorry, I lost my, uh, come here, one second. Um, sorry about that, my phone dropped right off the table. <laughs> but the people that um, I was just mentioning before that may be like kind of anti-spirituality or just don't get it, and don't have value in it, a lot of times when I want to get away from all of it, it's wonderful to go and have a happy hour with those kind of people. They don't believe in it. They, you know, they don't care. They don't want to talk about it. Silly things, you know, what's on TV. Or, or about not even silly, in their stuff. What are they doing in their jobs or whatever? And you can just let your brain rest. You know, it's nice to be around people that I don't have to talk shop with or who aren't, quote, picking my brain or are saying, oh, do you see something for me? Do you see what's happening? Or can I get some free marketing advice from you about my business or whatever? I don't have to deal with that, you know. I don't have, not everything has to be about Mari teaching, Mari giving advice, Mari giving a reading or, you know, dream you know, talking about the big dream can be, hey, what's going on in your life? And it's a, it's a rest, a respite, and it's wonderful to learn about other people. So, having people and you know, allowing things to be in kind of a shade of gray is not a bad thing. Now, if somebody's going to insult you or criticize you or attack you or be passive aggressive or any of these things, then you got to let them go, right? You have to have your boundaries and 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 and. and having good confidence with yourself is being able to have boundaries and being able to scale and evaluate say, okay, I'll have to please everybody, nor do I want to, and how do I evaluate the different relationships in my life, and then how much time do I devote to those things? All right, so I'm going to end with that part, and we're going to take a couple of questions now. Uh, If you've been waiting, thank you for waiting on the line. If you want to call in and ask a question, number 347 2159485 So uh Sam if you're ready uh we will take D from Tennessee as our first question Hi D Hi Maury. um I have a question I had a shop with a friend and we had very few customers it was a really great shop and very few customers came in cuz we were kind of in an isolated area and I offer massages and I still don't draw the customers I wanna know if this is where I'm supposed to be or if there's something I'm supposed to be doing physically, spiritually to put me where I need to be. Um, well good question. And it sounds to me like you need to learn a lot about marketing. Um because I did. Unfortunately, I it. Yeah. Well, to learn and to implement are two different things and I always say marketers are not born made, they're born. So mm-hmm. if you're not a born marketer, you want to either hire somebody to help you or put yourself in a position where maybe you could trade services with somebody um, so that you could get a a better marketing strategy and get some consistency out there. Because yeah, it is hard to fill a practice, but it doesn't feel like a lot of times what happens is when you have a marketing problem, a lot of times they have a service delivery problem. It's almost never that. It's not Mm -hmm. a matter of you're not in alignment to do massage or anything like that. It really feels very strongly. I'm getting it very strongly from your angels and guides. It's purely a, how to market a business issue um and not and pricing and you know packaging your services and offering more than just service offering you know information around lifestyle things and all that kind of stuff that's out there so i would say definitely give yourself um some opportunity to see who you can get who's really good And you might also want to talk to other people who are doing kind of the similar business model who are really successful and um, either apprentice with them or do an informational interview with them to get yourself some more um, information because it really does feel much more like a business issue than a am I doing the right thing from a living issue. You definitely have that healer touch for for sure.
4: So I would,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and John, you know, I'll look into that, I guess, or try and find somebody. <laughs> yeah, and you got to do it with more energy than that, you know. You have to kind of look beyond it being sales and marketing and look at it as being an invitation to your great healing services. You know, you have to kind of get over yourself with the, I hate marketing, I hate sales, and I'll never get anybody because I never want to do it, and who could I hire, and, you know, like kind of all that. defeatist kind of mm-hmm. thing and say, okay, this is a piece of the business that needs to be put in place it, you know, it's not my natural skill set. It, I don't know really any healers who are great marketers and healers at the same time. You know, it it's, it kind of comes from two different engines. You know,
3: I okay. mean, you have
1: some for sure, but most of the time, when somebody seems like they're a really good marketer and they're an awesome healer, it's because they have a team behind them doing stuff, doing it. You know what I mean? Of some sort, might be a husband, might be a, you know cousin or whatever but they have somebody who's kind of that natural born marketeer in their corner saying, "Okay, you're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this." And I think that you're you're you have to have some consistency. One of the things your guides is all, are also telling me um to keep it simple for you is I don't know if you do this, I bet you do, but you might want to do it a little differently. If you already are doing it is going to trade shows like expos and um uh-huh. and kind of bringing business cards, maybe running a, you know, a a dollar a minute type of trial service while you're at the trade show, you know, doing a little contest and getting giving giving away a free massage or something for business cards and really starting to build, you know, a mailing list to help you but also to give people a hands-on experience cuz it feels like you do more than massage and that you 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 are very intuitive with the body, so once you put your hand on someone, you're very you're able to really give way more information than the average massage therapist would give. And so that's something that people don't know about you that would differentiate you from everybody else. So, is it okay to market that particular skill? I'm sorry? Is it okay to market that particular skill?
3: It's is always okay to market anything that differentiates
1: I, yourself. I kind of find, I keep it quiet until I find out if they're open to that kind of thing. No, I would definitely market yourself as being able to do that. That's a very unique talent, and and it definitely sets you apart. Oh, okay. definitely sets you apart. Yep. So I'm going to have to jump to the next person, but I hope that's helped.
5: Thank you so much. That's been very
3: helpful. Oh,
1: you're welcome, Dee. Take care. Have a great night. Okay,
5: so next we have Lisa in North Carolina. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Mari. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? You are how are you? I'm so glad I found okay. you. Oh, um, I have Thank a you. yeah, I have a situation with um, an individual who I am trying to get a licensing agreement with, and I gave him until today to get back to me by email. I haven't heard from him. Um, I have a lawyer I'm working with. Um, who's ready to proceed with a cease and desist letter, this regards a trademark situation. My, what I've been trying to do is like a teamwork thing instead. And I'm just wondering, do you feel that he will um, work with me on this? That And do you get a sense of how much longer I should give him to get back to me? Um.
1: It doesn't feel like it's going to go anywhere with him
4: uh,
1: Mm -hmm. as far as, you know,
5: congenially,
1: you know, emailing you and all that kind of thing. It feels more like it might have to go to court of some sort or some sort of litigation. Mm -hmm. Um, He just doesn't... uh, it, It just feels like a wall is there. Kind of like, you know, kind of turned on deaf ears is what I'm hearing. Kind of just not. So it's just more of a taking a step back and letting your attorney kind of proceed. I know it's more expensive uh-huh. that way, but if you you know, it, it feels more like that type of um weight needs to needs to happen. So um in order and you know the and then strict deadlines that you actually meet as
5: far as, you know,
1: not not angry threats, not bluffing.
5: Yeah. That I was sense. trying to, you know, kind of give him a chance I haven't given him very much time, but I thought, well, let me give him a chance. See what he does if he wants to work this out amicably. And I don't want to give him too much time.
3: So, yeah, I'm just I
5: wondering, him should I follow up and I only want to do this by email right now. You know, I told him if he wants to discuss it, it has to be a conference call with the lawyer. Um but uh, I'm just wondering, should I follow up with one more email or text just just kind of to no, nudge him no, a little bit or remind no, him? No so
1: nudging. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope.
5: I mean, nope. do you see that maybe he tried to email me, nope, email didn't come through? No, nope.
1: I, I, I'm not going to go into all that. That's like, n- nah, no,
5: no. Right. I think you, really, so you just, need you to know, just proceed. I should proceed with the proceed other. Just with proceed legal, with, legal, with the legal weight that you have. That's it. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for reading on that,
1: Marie. <laughs> You're welcome, Lisa. Good luck with it.
5: Okay. So
1: we have about four minutes. So next we have Randy in New York. Hi, Randy.
6: Ah, uh, hello. I'm so grateful I got to meet you, and, and I, you know, I really value the stuff that I've learned so far. Um. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah. When you know, you know, and I know, <laughs> you're good. You're. Uh, uh. Let's see. I've been. I figured out. I sent you some emails. So there's more time for that, and then. Um. Anywhere you want to go. You know, it's a. It's like I'm like the kaleidoscope.
1: Okay, we have we have literally one minute. So I need a specific question at, that I can answer in a minute.
6: Oh. Uh, oh, look at the Oh, <laughs> look at the, the way for me to yeah, heal my pain.
1: Okay. So, you know, it's interesting because th- what they just showed me was a pain bubble around you and that right. if you perceive yourself as walking out of that bubble doing meditation because I know you're good at that and Literally perceive yourself as popping that bubble, and stepping into a healed bubble, and start to perceive yourself from that position. I know it might sound like I've done this before and all that, but it really feels like you kind of your your pain has kind of become your definition, and that literally is just recycling your cellular structure to keep recycling themselves as pain. So, it's time for you to kind of pick a clear bubble if you want that. You know that healing, and you're very close to it actually happening this time. It doesn't feel like it's something that needs to linger, but it's really more of a decision than it is a physical calamity. Um, love, love, I would love. definitely do that 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 type of meditation.
6: Love and gratitude.
1: You you too, Randy. Take good care. Thanks for calling in. Okay, so we have come to yet another end of another AHA Moments radio show. I just want to say thank you for tuning in today and listening to the podcast if you're listening. We are on iTunes now. We have 124 episodes on iTunes. So if you are not subscribed there, I highly suggest that you subscribe yourself there it's very easy to access you can have it on your ipod and you'll have access to me whenever you need (laughs) so you can go to itunes and just put in the aha moments radio show in the search bar it'll take you right to the page and we will see you back here same time same place next week with yet another show we'll end with my motto which is you truly can have exactly what you want you absolutely deserve it too and in this new energy anything is possible Take care, everybody. See you next week.
0: You've been listening to the AHA Moments Radio Show with your host, Mari. Be sure to visit her blog and website at www.ahamomentsinc.com. That's A-H-A, moments with an S, Inc.com. Also join Mari on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash inc and Twitter at twitter.com slash aha moments. We can't wait to see you there.